Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. And it's great to be with you today on Gateway Online. I, I want to share a message today that God put in my heart back in June when we were in a bit more restricted lockdown here in Queensland. And I remember we were recording uh, one of our Gateway Beyond messages, one of our Gateway Beyond services. And that morning I'd been reading James chapter 4. And it says in James chapter 4 that your life uh, is a mist. It's here for a little while and then it vanishes. And that night I was talking to Morris Lee, one of our Gateway Beyond workers, who's actually been serving in South Asia, sharing the gospel and uh, reaching out to the poor to empower them for 43 years. And uh, while I was talking to Morris, as we're getting ready to record that service, a photo of him came up on the screen of when he first went out to that nation 43 years earlier to serve Jesus. And uh, when I was only, I think, three or four years old, and he said to me, it's gone just like that. It seems like yesterday that... I was heading out to begin my ministry in serving Jesus on the other side of the world. And right in that moment, God reminded me of James chapter 4. And he just put this message in my heart to make the most of the mist. To make the most of the mist. Let's pray today that God would speak to us as we unpack some of the truth from James chapter 4. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you do speak to us through your word. And we thank you for this passage of scripture that we're going to read today that I believe is so pertinent for this season that we're in. God, would you challenge us? Would you encourage us? And would you spur us on to be obedient to your word and to serve you in this season? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's some passages of scripture that we read that are so ingrained in ancient culture that actually take a little bit of work and study to understand and to apply in our culture today. They're just as inspired by the Holy Spirit and they're just as effective for teaching and for correction as every other word in Scripture is. But they just take a little bit more work for us to understand. Then there's other passages of Scripture that even though they were written 2,000 years ago, they seem like they're written just for our circumstance today. And it speaks so clearly to what we're going through today. And James chapter 4 is one of those scriptures. I believe God's got a message for us today. Let's turn to James chapter 4 and verse 13. It says this, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. I, I believe that verse speaks very strongly to the heart of our culture, or more particularly, 
It speaks very strongly of our pre-COVID culture. Let me just unpack it uh, a little bit. Today, or just go back one, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city. You know, pre-COVID, we, we loved the personal freedom and the choice just to go to whatever city, wherever we wanted in the world at any time. We loved that freedom. It became something that we just believed it was going to be ours forever. We loved just jumping on a plane, going wherever we wanted to go. We almost worshipped that personal freedom and choice. And so spend a year there. You know, we, we treated time as an unlimited commodity. And essentially, we treated time as, as, as mostly for our pleasure. Time would never run out, and time was all about bringing pleasure to ourselves, carry on business, and make money. And we live in a culture that worships wealth. We live in a culture that is obsessed with making money and getting ahead. But I believe in this COVID season, we've actually been beginning to question, will it last? Can wealth really be trusted? And just move on to the next uh, verse, verse 14. It says, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Well, hasn't that been true in 2020? We, we, none of us started 2020 knowing that COVID would happen, knowing that, you know, events would turn out the way that they have. We don't even know what's going to happen from day to day or from week to week. Our, our future is more uncertain than ever. We're not entirely sure what's going to happen tomorrow. And I believe in this season, what God has been doing is actually smashing some of our idols of wealth and personal uh, freedom and pleasure and just, you know, treating time as if it's something that we can do whatever we like with. And God has been confronting us with our issues of control. And he's helping us to realize that we're not quite as in control of this planet as we thought. And maybe some of these idols that we've been worshiping in the past aren't really going to last. And that he alone is worthy of our worship. He, James goes on to say, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Well, that's encouraging. But I actually don't think that James is trying to be a Debbie Downer. I don't think that James is trying to be a Karen. You know, Karens have got a bad rap in the last few weeks in Australia. And I just want to come out just very clearly and say every Karen is welcome at Gateway. We love Karens at Gateway. And any Karen that joins us in any of our campuses or in Gateway Online, will there'll be no predisposed ideas about your temperament or about your privilege. All right, we love Karens at Gateway. But this is kind of a Karen statement, isn't it? You know, James says, what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while 
and then it vanishes. You're a mist. You're a cloud of tiny, suspended droplets of water that appear for a little while on the earth's surface and then vanish. Your life is a mist here at God's command and gone just as quickly. James says your life is a mist. God gives us some time. But then we fall to the ground and we're gone. Now, this is actually the only time in the Bible that God compares our life to a mist. But he expresses the same kind of sentiment in other places in Scripture. In uh, Psalm 144, it says, Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them. They're like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. And then again in the New Testament, in 1 Peter, it says, All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Once again, be encouraged today. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. You're like grass that withers and dies. You are like breath. The point is this. Your time on this earth is not unlimited. Life is short. Life will come to an end no matter how hard you fight it. And we do fight it. We're constantly fighting against the misty nature of our lives. And scripture actually tells us why we fight it. It's this beautiful verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time, but He has also, just say also right now, He has also set eternity in the human heart. See, He's made everything beautiful in its time, but the thing that He's done differently, the thing that He's done also, in the human heart is that he has set eternity in every human heart. You can try and ignore it, but you know it's true. You, you know in your heart you're created for more than just the here and now. You see, God made a morning mist to uh, be beautiful for a time. It comes in the morning and then drops away as the sun comes up in the afternoon. You know, God made flowers in the field to be beautiful for a time. He made flowers to bloom in season, in spring, for a time. He even made this ugly caterpillar to become beautiful for a time. This caterpillar turns into a beautiful butterfly and it lasts for approximately seven days. But beautiful for a time. The difference is he has set eternity in every human heart. You are not designed to be beautiful for a time. You're designed to be beautiful forever. You're designed to reflect the beauty and the glory of God for all eternity. You're designed to live for eternity. God set it in your heart and you know it 
because you want it. We've always wanted it. In every culture's always wanted it. The culture we live in today wants it and believes it. You know, we live in a culture that constantly ignores God and says that God is, you know, irrelevant until someone that we love dies. And then we love the idea that that person we love is up in heaven looking down in us. We love the idea that they're up there with the angels doing what they've always loved. We say it on the national news. There's something in our heart that knows that we're made for more than the here and the now. There's something beyond because God has set eternity in every human heart. You see, our culture likes the truth of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. But our culture doesn't seem to like to hear the rest of the truth that the Bible says. And what the rest of the Bible tells us is that what you do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. You see, God has set eternity in every human heart. But what you do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. So in Hebrews chapter 9, it says, Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. You see, we we are made for eternity, but we're all destined to die once because of our sin. You see, God designed us to live forever in relationship with him but we decided to reject God we decided to do life our own way and we made a mess of the beauty of God's creation and the Bible is very very clear that there's a consequence to that rejection there's a consequence to sin there's a judgment that we all have to face because of the sin that we've brought into the world. And again, the scripture is clear that the judgment for sin is actually separation from God for all of eternity. The judgment for sin is death. And the scripture tells us that we're all going to die once because of our sin and we're going to face judgment for that sin. The good news is that because of God's great love for you, He came to earth in the body of a man. His name was Jesus and he sacrificed his life in your place. He bore your sins on the cross so that you could be forgiven and he was separated from the Father so that you'll never have to be separated from him again. And so when you accept what Jesus has done for you on the cross and you face judgment one day, At the end of your life, because we're all destined to die once, you'll be pronounced innocent for your sin because Jesus has taken your place. But if you arrogantly choose to reject God, say, I don't need a saviour. I'll face the judgment for my own sin. Then you will face separation from God for all eternity. You see, God has set eternity in every human heart. But what you do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. So hell is God's provision for those who choose to reject him, even though he offers us all something so much better. And so we've all got a decision to make about what we're going to do 
with Jesus? Are we going to humbly accept what he's done for us on the cross? Or are we going to arrogantly reject what he's done for us on the cross? And I want to give you an opportunity a little bit later, if you've never accepted what Jesus has done on the cross for you, to know the forgiveness of your sins, I want to give you an opportunity to do that a little later on. But when James is speaking to people in this letter he's written in chapter 4, He's speaking to people who have already accepted Jesus Christ as their saviour, but they've arrogantly gone on living as if they had all the time in the world to do whatever they want. And James says, don't live like that. He says, this is what you ought to do, or this is what you ought to say. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in all your arrogant schemes And all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And so often we think of sin being acts of commission, things that we do that we know we shouldn't do. But James is including in sin here things that we ought to do, things that God is calling us to do to serve him here on the earth, but we never get around to doing. So God has set eternity in every human heart. What you do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. And Jesus actually came to teach us and reveal to us on the cross how to live in the light of eternity or how I'm putting it today, how to make the most of the mist. How can we make the most of this mist that we're given to live? Three simple things I'd love us to remember. Firstly, Live generously. This is, what, this is what Jesus taught in his most famous sermon. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. I tell you, I've been thinking about that verse all week. And I've got to be careful whenever I read that verse because this week I've just decided to go and start selling half of our stuff on Gumtree. I don't want to store up stuff here on earth. Just last night I said to Susan, if someone turns up to buy that home gym tomorrow, it's this person's name and they need to give you this much money. And she said to me, isn't that Joey's home gym? And I said, well, technically, yes. But he shouldn't be storing up treasures on earth either. You've got to be careful you know, how you read these scriptures. But, but Jesus is saying when you live in the light of eternity, you hold on to your possessions on earth lightly because you know that they're only temporary. When you live in the light of eternity, you, you don't store up you know, things for yourself here on earth, but you're constantly storing up treasures on earth and you don't worry about what you have here because you know all that you have here is only temporary. You see, whatever God has given you, you can't take it with you. You know that, but you can send it ahead of you. You you see, you can live in such a way. You can live such a generous life now that you actually store up treasure for all eternity. And so my encouragement to all of us today is be generous, not just with your wealth, 
He is talking about wealth here, but be generous with your wealth. Be generous with your words. Be, be generous with your encouragement. Be, be generous with your time. Be generous with your love. Be generous with your praise. You know, be generous in the way that you build people up. Live generously. You see, God's economy is not measured in what you gain for yourself here on earth, but in what you give away to others here on earth to bless them for all of eternity. Live in such a way that leaves a legacy in the heart of others. You know, some of you have heard me tell this story before, but it's got a slightly different ending now than it did when you heard it before. You see, when I was a kid, my uh, grandmother, when she was in her 60s, decided that she didn't want anyone in her family fighting over their inheritance. And so she went through her entire house and put a dot under everything. And different people had different colored dots. You know, I might have had a blue dot. And so when she passed, I was to get whatever that possession was. My sisters might have had a red dot. And uh, when she passed, they were to get whatever had a red dot on it. Anyway, when we were kids, we kind of worked out this system, whose dot was which colour. And so every time she walked out of the room, we would turn everything upside down. We would look behind paintings to see whose dot was behind it. And so behind the, the commemorative plate from 1981 of Charles and Di's wedding was my sister's dot. And the plate did last longer than the marriage, but we're not sure where it is any longer. But that was my sister's. My dot was on this enormous painting of Captain Cook, just kind of looking out over Australia like this. I remember thinking, I can't wait to get that painting. But we started, the game started to become, let's put our dots on the things we really want. And so well, I'd pull my dot off Captain Cook and I'd go and stick it on top of the Beta VCR player because I didn't have a video cassette recorder in my house and I wanted it back in those days. My cousin pulled off his dot, climbed under my grandfather's 1981 V8 Fairlane and stuck his dot on the diff. And so we all started claiming the different things that we wanted around the house. Now, if you've heard me tell this story before, 30 years later, my grandmother was still alive. But all of that stuff that we thought we were going to inherit was all gone. It had all gone to the tip. None of it was left. None of it lasted. No one wanted that beta VCR player any longer. The different way this story ends is that my grandmother sadly passed away last year at the age of 99. And my dot was found on two things. I got a garden statue of St Francis of Assisi holding a little bird and it takes pride of place in my backyard because my dot was on this garden statue for some reason. I also got one of my grandmother's original cross stitches of some bullocks towing a big load of hay. 
It's not an ex it's not exactly an 18th century Monet, but it is a 1987 Marge Ellsmore original. And it takes pride of place in my pool room. You know, my grandmother didn't leave me very much in the way of worldly possessions. But my grandmother stored up for herself treasure in heaven because she was generous with her prayers. She was generous with her wealth on earth. She was generous with her encouragement. She was generous with the way that she served her family and served her church for 70 years. And so when we came together to uh, celebrate her life last year, people came from all different generations. People that have been blessed through our family and through many other families throughout Sydney and from around Australia. Because she lived generously. She did not store up for herself treasures on earth but she stored up for herself treasures in heaven. Every single member of her family knows Jesus and knows what it means to live in the love of God. Can I encourage you? Live generously. Make the most of this mist. Every possession you own, as Jesus said, will rust, decay, be destroyed or stolen. But when you live generously and pour yourself out into the lives of others, you store up treasure in heaven and you leave a legacy in the hearts of others that will ripple on for generations to come. Live generously. Secondly, to make the most of the mist, love extravagantly. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Paul says everything in this world is passing away, but three things will remain in eternity, faith, hope and love, and love is the greatest of these. You know, as a pastor for the last 27 years, I've visited many people as they knew they were dying in their home or their hospital bed. And it's been a privilege to pray with them in their last moments. Do you know, in 27 years, I've never had anybody at that point in their life say to me, I loved too much. Never. I've had people say to me, I worked too much. I've had people say, I worried about too many things. I've had people say, I wussed out too much. There are things I wish I'd done, but I let fear cripple me. But I've never had anybody say, I loved too much. You see, the, the, the one thing that will outlast the grave is people. Your position in society will not outlast the grave. Your possessions will not outlast the grave. Any pleasure that you experience here on earth will not outlast the grave. But people will. It's why James says, you know, don't be a, a Christian 
existentialist and make life all about, you know, your personal freedom and choice. You know, don't be a Christian materialist and make life all about your possessions. Don't be a Christian hedonist that makes life all about pursuing personal pleasure. If you want to actually make the most of the mist, then center your life around loving God and loving people the way that God loves us. Love extravagantly. Now, Jesus showed us on the cross how to love extravagantly. If there was one time in the history of the world that God should have pressed pause on his love for us, who should have run out of loving words for us, it was at the cross. It was where God was actually tried before a human court unjustly and found guilty. If there was one time where God should have said, you know what, I don't love you anymore. It was when the son of God was stripped naked and they gambled for his clothes and they pushed a crown of thorns on his head and blood flowed mingled down. If there was one time in the history of the world that God should have said, you know what, I'm pressing pause on my love for you. I just can't quite love you anymore. It was when and, you know, Jesus was whipped within an inch of his life and he was nailed to a cross. If there was one time in the history of the world when God should have said, my love for you has run out in this moment. It was when not just the physical pain of crucifixion was inflicted upon his body, but when he, he, he felt the physical, the emotional, the relational, the spiritual pain of having all of your sin and all of my sin and the sin of all mankind heaped upon himself on that cross. If there was one time, God should have said, I'm pressing pause on my love for you. It's run out. It was as he hung on the cross to forgive your sins. But instead, Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. That is an extravagant love. That is a steadfast love that never ceases. The scary thing is, that's the thing that'll help people know that you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus says it's not the Bible verses you know, it's not even the money you give, it's, it, it's not the songs that you sing. It says people will know that you're my followers by the way that you love one another as I have loved you. You want to make the most of the mist? Live generously. Love extravagantly. And lastly, persevere patiently. Paul says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I know that some of you right now are going through troubles that don't seem light and momentary. They actually feel heavy and you can't see the end. But in the light of eternity, all of our troubles are light and momentary. And I don't want to be flippant today. 
And I'm not saying that God doesn't care or God doesn't comfort or God doesn't heal or he promises here in this passage to renew us day by day. But I do want to give us a, an understanding of or a biblical perspective of suffering in the light of eternity. Your, your troubles that you're walking through right now are light and momentary because one day the eternal glory you receive will outweigh it all. So don't give up following Jesus. Don't give up serving Jesus in this difficult season we're in. This is what Paul tells us to do. Fix your eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because everything you see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, when I fix my eyes on my possessions, on my problems, on my position, I become consumed by them and I lose heart. But when I fix my eyes on the one that is unseen, when I fix my eyes on Jesus, the one who has forgiven my sin, but the one who has defeated the grave, the one who overcame death, the one who is alive today and forevermore, the everlasting one. He renews me day by day and he has a reward for me in heaven. And as you fix your eyes on Jesus, he will renew you day by day in the midst of your troubles. And he's got a reward for you in heaven. So fix your eyes on the one who is unseen, the one who is eternal. C.S. Lewis says this, if you read history, You'll find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they've become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. James says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I hope that this week, this season, this year, you get a daily reminder that your life is a mist. When you get up in the morning and decide you want to spell good and spray a mist, you'll be reminded that your life is a mist. When you're walking around work as the health officer, you're sanitizing anything that doesn't move, your life is a mist. When you get home and you decide to clean the kitchen, your life is a mist. I hope you get a daily reminder that your life is a mist. It's here for a little while and then it vanishes. You see, you only get one mist. You might eat a lot of kale and exercise regularly and you get a little bit of extra mist, but your life is still a mist. What are you going to do with the mist? 
Are you going to get angry and bitter at everybody that's hurt you and stay angry and bitter until you die? Are you going to make as much money as you possibly can and then you get to be the richest man in the cemetery? Are you going to spend all your life climbing the ladder just to impress a few people for a few years here on earth? What are you going to do with your mist? My encouragement today is make the most of this mist. Live generously. Love extravagantly. Persevere patiently. Because God has an eternal reward for you. Paul says, turn your eyes to the one who is unseen, to the one who is eternal. He'll renew you day by day and he has a reward for you in heaven. You know, we're all made to live for eternity, but what you do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. So before I pray for everybody else who's made that decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity today if you've never made that decision, you've never humbly accepted Jesus' offer to save you on the cross, to forgive your sins. And if today you'd like to make that decision, you, you want to one day stand before God and to have God say, innocent of sin, to, to, be, to be welcomed into his loving arms today and for all of eternity. You can do that by putting your faith in Jesus, asking him to forgive your sins. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. If you'd love to pray that prayer with me today, I just encourage you to pray along with me as I pray. And then just push that button on the screen and just say, I prayed that prayer today. I've made that decision. And we'd love to get in touch with you and help you to uh, continue to get to know Jesus better every day. Just pray with me if that's the prayer of your heart today. Father, thank you. Thank you that you've always loved me. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. And I ask today that you would forgive my sin. I choose to follow Jesus from this day forward and to live in his everlasting life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.